Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're going to talk about a, a subject, which Saul didn't really name, but I called it, <laughs> how do you really role play? He came up with this question because he was listening to somebody else talking. Another podcast. And they were talking about how the question was, do skills since, okay, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> the skills have skills in games especially i guess they were talking about D D, kind of but do skills ruin role playing in a sense so what the argument was was for example is that one of the the gm i forget his name but he was running a game and somebody wanted to uh, do uh detect detect a lie right so he goes oh i'm gonna I don't know if it was fifth edition, whatever. But they he rolls like a sense motive or something like that, and he goes, "Oh, I, I success. I know the guy's lying, or don't know if he's lying. I mean, I know if, if the guy's lying or not." So the guy was really kind of the GM was kind of upset about this this event, and he says, "Oh, I don't know. I don't allow those kind of roles in my game." So then that started argument between him and another another those three of them on this show. And they were going back and forth, and one guy goes, "That's not right. You know that there's a skill on the paper. You should allow people to use those skills because that's part of the rules." And the other guy goes, "No, I'm not gonna. You can't do that. It doesn't make sense to me, right?" So the GM was saying that that because you know here's the the example was that that the player character was talking to somebody he had never met before. I think it was a merchant, and the merchant uh, said something that. The player thought, well, it doesn't sound right or whatever. And so he, that's when he decided to roll. And uh, the GM says, no, you know, how could you tell? You know, if you don't know this guy, uh, you don't have any experience with him. You don't know, you know, if he's a, a upstanding citizen or not. You know, how could you tell, tell if this guy is lying? So then Saul came to me and says that the idea is that skills have made it unnecessary to actually do role playing during the game. Right. I think and I think this comes from the munchkin type of player who who doesn't want to role play, wants to, you know, murder hoboing type of people or players. Fifth edition makes it easier to do that with all these skills cuz in the old days, back to AD&D and second edition, I suppose, uh, there were no skills. So everything you did, there was no nothing to roll. So you had to role play to figure things out. If that's true or not, but definitely skills. I always thought skills were good, but now the old school, old school people, old Renaissance, OSR, yes. Those people would probably totally agree with this: that the fact that everybody wants to just use a skill, roll the dice, and then Let's have you tell them what happens, move right? On. Yeah, right. without the actual role playing. Well, I think it always comes down to who you're playing with, right? Some people are more comfortable. With simulation play, yes, versus role play. Well, role playing is kind of tough, right? I mean, sure, we all did it when we were children, but if you, unless you started role playing when you were a child, like more or less me, uh, if you get into it when you're a little bit older, let's say by twenty, by at least a, a teenager. Oh, you know, I would say about fifteen. You know, then you get these ideas that, well, playing is for children. Games are for children. You shouldn't play pretend anymore, blah, 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 blah. And so those kind of social, uh, what is it? Those ideas. Those social ideas or whatever, they push you to want not want to, you know, put yourself out there in a role-playing game. You know, and same thing with a LARP, right? Some people, you know, and I, I was one of them. I, I wouldn't want to play in a LARP because you had a, you know, 
you had to dress up most likely, and then you were in character form almost the whole time you were running around, you know, talking to people, and that seemed kind of weird to me. But but now I don't feel it's so weird. <laughs> I think it would be pretty cool if I liked the subject matter, if I liked the game, what it was about. But in role playing, role playing is not that easy because you know if you start late, you have all these things telling you that you know society tells you that you know adults shouldn't play games, adults shouldn't act this way. You know, definitely not play pretend. Uh, that's silly. I agree. Right? So, sort of. <laughs> so, sort of. So, the reason I thought about this was that we, we recently, we just played in a, in a game of Jolene started running Paladin, and she ran her second session, or her second adventure. And we played, and we all had a good time. Uh, I, I had a good time. And then the next day, I was thinking about, it just came, it just popped in my head. I go, you know, I was thinking, the way we played, you know, we would, we would, uh, Anytime Jolene would call for a role of a skill or something, we would uh, we would we would say what we were trying to do, and then we would roll, and then we would actually role play the result, and whether it was successful or not successful. And I thought it was looking back, I thought it was really interesting because I don't believe in my group and that group that happened all the time with everybody using using the same technique or the same. I think it might be part of the paladin system though because for the battle you have to it says describe what you're going to do and each person is supposed to describe what they're going to do and then you play out the battle with a role and then you see what happens right right and i know i was thinking about that and i and i and i i couldn't believe that that would be that big of an impact right could 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 that simple uh explanation or that simple rule because paladin okay paladin is related to pendragon which was published in 1985. And even though it's modified a little bit, it's the same freaking game, basically, you know, except for a few things here and there. It's the same bat, it's the same combat system. You know, they, they did, you know, combine some skills together and stuff like that. But other than that, the basic mechanics of the game is the same. And Pendragon had all these skills back in the day. You can't attribute to it the role playing aspect to the fact that it's a new game because. Well, then I, I, I still posit or tell you that i believe that <laughs> it has to do with who you're playing with because you guys are a bunch of gms who run games and you enjoy the role-playing aspect of of the games yeah i agree like jim was rolling to talk to one of the lords right yes and the lord was yelling at him and he <laughs> i don't know i think he must have re rolled okay because then i said okay go ahead talk to him and so then he did the role-playing part right right well that's that's normal right but i think the difference in that case, you're talking to a person, right? You're talking, you know, you're trying to get information from somebody or something. But in other cases, like we were trying to learn information. So I, you know, I, I walk up to a group of uh, Lombardians and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And then like I roll my dice and I totally fail. Right. And Julian goes, what happened? So I go, well, I basically I go I, I, and I insult them. Right. I go, oh, you know, and I use the I wouldn't say a racial slur, but a, a Lombardian slur against them to put my foot in my mouth right off the bat. And so they wouldn't tell me anything. So I role played that aspect. It seems like in other games, let's say Dungeons and Dragons, people are in such a rush or they use it combat as an example of how to play the skills. So in combat, it, it's really compact, right? You're talking about what a six second round. And you're basically talking about single swings and attacks and defense. And in Paladin, it's more of a like, 
a whole minute or a minute and a half or there's it's just not one swing of the sword that we're talking about we're talking about you know you're attacking you're fainting you're blocking and then in that span of time you get lucky and you know one or the other gets hurt i agree <laughs> so uh, so back to the podcast uh, the, the people argued about lying so one guy said that he was you know somehow in his professional life he was involved with detecting whether people lied or not I think he said he worked for the military intelligence. But anyway, and so he said it was very difficult to detect if people were lying. It is very difficult for Saul to detect if people okay. are lying in so real that's life. What I was gonna, that's where I was going. I might digress here. Those two guys, two of them on that podcast, were going against the other guy who was saying, you know, let him make the role. And the other two people were saying, no, you just can't make a role. You can't really detect if somebody's lying, blah, blah, blah. Now, there's another game called Gumshoe that has a skill called BS Detector. BS detector. I can't say the word, but uh, you know what it means. I'm gonna relate a personal story. Me and Jolene go to. <laughs> me and Jolene go to Las Vegas. I don't think you should tell this story. Years ago, years ago, it just shows you how gullible I am. So a few years ago, quite a few years ago, me and Jolene many, take, many years ago. take a trip to Las Vegas, and we're at the airport, and this gentleman starts talking to me, and he's telling me about stuff, and he's telling me how, <laughs> how he started his own business, how. His wife. It wasn't just at the airport. He sat next to us on the plane. Before you get on the plane, he started chit-chatting with me, and he was telling me about how he had started his own business, and he had a you know, beautiful wife that was a pageant winner or something like that. He had two sons who were both millionaires before they were 30, blah, 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 blah. And so <clears throat> after, afterwards, we get off, we get off at, in, at, Las Vegas. in Las Vegas, and Jolene turns to me, and she goes, you believed every single thing he said to you, right? And I said, what? What are you talking about? And she goes, you believed everything he told you. I go, uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why would he lie to me? I was thinking, you know, this is a total stranger. Why would he bother telling me some bunch of fibs? And I told him that he had <laughs> 45 minutes of airtime to kill. Plus, he sat next to us, so he wanted to talk to somebody for that time. So he got to tell his story. True or not, Saul believed every word. I believed none of the words. <laughs> and I thought, how gullible Saul is sometimes. <laughs> so there you go. So there, there, there's these guys who are saying that detecting somebody lying is very difficult. And then here's a real world experience where I, you know, I take people at face value, but Jolene's a little bit more cautious about people. And then once you, you know, once you break down everything he said, it got more and more incredulous, right? It got more and more. I did have to break down everything he yes. said for Saul because I had to listen to this guy talk for like an hour and a half. And, you know, I didn't want to, but <laughs> whatever. So it is. It, it, it is possible. It is possible to tell whether people are lying or not, yes. but it just depends on you. Everybody's different. Some really good liars are hard to tell. People that believe what they say. But then I grew up with a dad who was a complete compulsive liar. <laughs> and, and so I learned early on that what he t said to me and what he said to other people were different. So that is a skill, right? So I guess in D&D, &D, you could have that skill. Yeah, so people can just have a, a natural ability to detect people who are, who are not, you know, being genuine but you know? i do i think the thing that probably really bothered the guy the the gm yes was that he the guy wanted to the so the gm tells the non-player character says his spiel and the character player 
or the player character just wants to roll his skill and know whether or not the guy is lying. Right. Without actually talking to him or trying to ascertain it on his own in a way, right? Correct. So so that does take away from the game in a way that it that it makes it less exciting or less even intrigue for the GM and the player. If you just want to roll the skill and go, okay, I, I made my skill check. Tell me whether he's lying or not. Correct. And it's more like, and then it becomes kind of like a board game, right? You know, you just, everything is a skill check, you know? Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to see, yeah, I'm going to see if he's lying. I'm going to see if, if whatever. So, so as always, I did the research because Saul asked me the question. So I went on and my, my research usually involves Reddit and Google. All of the article that's been written or people have been discussing these things, I come across and I, I look at it and I try to figure out what Saul's talking about. And I go, I'm always amazed that other people are thinking the same things or there's different variations of, of things on the topic that he wants to talk about. And <laughs> so when I, when I look up this one, I'm like going, okay. And there's all these discussions about skills and why they're needed, why they're not needed. And the fact that there's this huge list. One guy added it up and he says between all the role-playing games he plays, there's like 150 skills for people. And he goes, I need to to bring it down so that if I'm introducing new players, there can't be this many skills. And I never thought about it. I just look at the skills and go, oh, I have that one. I don't have that one. You know, they, it tells you, you learn when you're making the character what skills you have or what skills you're allowed to have, right? And where you can you put points in. what skills you can put your <laughs> points in and stuff like that. So I just think of it as, oh, well, everybody has those skills in life. So the character is going to have some skills and not have other skills, right? right? It never even dawned on me that that was an issue. And then I'm reading all these people and some people are like, you know, skills make the game better. And other people are like, skills make the game worse. And I'm like, going, okay, I don't understand. But there you go. That, I know. I didn't read any of those articles. I didn't even think about going online. I was just thinking about my experience i think i talked about before you know i played D D since original D D, and and i really like the skill system i really like the idea of of giving characters a little bit uh what is it the more character right they get more area of knowledge than just fight throw spell heal people so i think it was pretty cool but i see the problem too is that skills can if people take it to uh certain people certain people who play their play styles they don't want to role play they just want to get cut to the chase i'm going to make this skill roll and avoid role playing and and i think i've I, you know I, I haven't really thought about it too much i mean while i'm playing but but i'm trying to figure out if how or if there's any you know role playing around the skill roles that we make at the like f- when we played fifth edition so we were playing online and jolene's right we we're playing with a bunch of people who gm you know, we she were playing with people we've been playing with since the late '80s. Some of these guys, and some from before, <laughs> since the '70s. For me, it's only been since the '90s. But <laughs> but we know them, and so we feel totally comfortable with them. We feel you know we feel at ease or whatever. So there's no there's no that type of hang up hang ups. And then and then I just thought it was weird because you know everybody was doing it. And when I thought about it the day the next day of how we were role playing our skill rolls and our skill checks, and not that everything was based around the skill roll. Sometimes we were just role playing without any skill you know in the hand, right? And and but I thought it was really 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 stood out for for me that we were that we were role playing the skill roll. 
before and after the the, the role, and we would you know if we were successful, we role play that part. If we were neg- if we were unsuccessful, we role play that. And I thought it was really neat. Like I said, I, we hadn't planned it. We hadn't you know Jolene hadn't said okay, this is the way I want you guys to play. It just happened. I you know I hate to use this word. It just happened organically, right? So th- everybody just did it, and it was just weird. And I was trying to figure out. And I still don't know why it happened. I don't know if it was because of the rules, because of the people involved. Maybe Jolene brought something to the table that we I hadn't seen before or whatever. Or was it the game of Paladin that inherently, you know, makes people want to role play because of the the system or the the subject matter or, or whatever. I thought it was really neat. And I think I think that's the solution to any problem anybody who has a problem with skill roles or skills. And the skill role that it that follows is that you don't make it into a, a role and just go from there. You're gonna, you know, you ask, oh, what are you looking for when you trying to detect a lie or sense motive or whatever that, or your BS detector is just saying. You don't just say, oh, I'm gonna roll BS detector. Boom. Oh, I made it. I, I can tell he's lying. No. What are you gonna look for? I mean, sure, maybe he's not, you know, he's not a a professional interrogator, but. You can come up with something that, oh, I'm going to look to see if he, he his shifty eyes or if he if he stutters a little bit or, or anything. Or if he looks nervous. He has a, when it was on TV, they, when they show the, the brow of somebody who's lying and they're sweating and they're like, oh, that person's sweat, sweating so he's lying or he's nervous. So you could come up with that kind of thing. And then if you fail, you have to role play that failure too. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. I, I think that's a good way of doing it. I, I don't. You know, maybe I maybe I saw it on some actual play. I don't know. I don't know. So did did you notice a difference when in this game than let's say no. Shadowrun? No. Well, well, there are different people though. That's true. No, but in in that sense, in the sense that, that this game was was because it's the only the second time I've run this game, <laughs> and I'm using a scenario which I was telling Sal is really really hard for me because it's trying to railroad you into things and. That's not usually the way I run What's your stuff. Style? Right? I usually just say, "Here, here, this is what's happening. What are you gonna do?" Right. So I kind of did the same thing with the scenario, except for one time, which I, I <laughs> and I, I apologized to them too. I go, "So here in Paladin, it's just giving me this chart. You're going over the Alps, and everybody has to roll a dice, and I'm gonna tell you what horrible thing happens to that you." That was hilarious, though. I mean, that 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 is so old school, though. That that chart. Or that table, right? Where basically the characters have the characters have no mitigating circumstances. I know. did realize halfway through that they do get to make a roll. Oh, to, so there to... is mitigating circumstances. Yeah, you did. And remember, I I, oh, I, right. I let you do the yes. roll. But it was funny because like it's like, oh, you failed your roll, your horse dies. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, really sorry. I apologize too. I, I didn't want to kill your it horse. It was funny because it was like, oh, you failed your roll, you fall off and hurt yourself. I'm like, what the hell? And then from later on, I go, well, hold on. Don't I get like a ride check? If I'm, you know, Because my ride is, <laughs> luckily for me, my ride is tremendously good. So there's almost no way I can mess up my ride. I felt really bad because I've never done that before. And it was a, <laughs> So it was weird. So it was it was a very weird circumstance for me. <laughs> luckily for me, I was playing with guys I've known for quite a while, a few years. And they all know me. So like even before the game started, I said, look. I need somebody to tell me what what do you think this means? The the person who's in charge is the only one that rolls the battle roll, and oh, I yeah. need you to look it up on this page and tell me what you think. Oh, it's funny. What's funny about that that part about the uh, crossing the Alps? 
is that Jim's character, you know, he has his character. You know, we've talked about Jim, and he has a huge background. And he even named his horse, right? And he talked about his horse. And <laughs> Julie kills his horse. And Felipe goes, that's why you shouldn't name your horse. <laughs> and I'm like, funny. But I, I, but it was, I didn't mean to kill him. But what's funny is that on your character sheet on Paladin, it has a name. It has a place to name your horse, right? It says horse name, right? It is, and but he had like you know this long story about him and his horse <laughs> crossing the Alps. Don't cross the Alps during the. I guess it was even during the summer, huh? Yeah, I guess they're pretty was, high. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. But I, I was just really like I said, I was really happy with with the game how it went, and it wasn't until the day after that I noticed that that because we were talking about this subject. Yeah, but I, I didn't. It was. It is hard for me to run a already written scenario oh, because. Yeah. I didn't. I, I like to give people the opportunity to do the role playing, and not just roll dice or tell them what's happening. Well, it happened, so I don't know. And during the and there was my favorite part of the game was during their downtime. Oh, yeah. It said that they could either go and get healed or look around the camp or do whatever. So I just said, okay, you have you know a day and a half. What are you gonna do? And right. and then I was telling them about. <clears throat> Michael said he wanted romance. And I was telling him about the the um, the two the two, two women sisters. that that um, the king was trying to marry off, and he had specific people he wanted to marry them off to. So, but we were butting in. So <laughs> it was that's, that was the my the funnest part to me was when they were doing that because because I got to listen to them all be silly and do silly things. Jim did a really great dance, and Saul did a great horse trick. So yes. it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, as as far as role playing goes, right? I thought it was yeah, it was interesting. I forgot what Felipe did and, and Mike, but uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, uh, and like I said, we and then the, the reason this came up is because I was thinking about like I said, I was thinking about it the next day, and I was talking to about skills with Jolene, and and it didn't happen that way in this Paladin game. There wasn't no, I wouldn't complain about how we role played or how we played skills. There was, I don't think there was a single instance where we. We just rolled and said, oh, this is, you know, without any kind of RP to go with it. And I thought it was neat. I thought it was really cool. So I think the solution to somebody who says, you know, that that skills have killed RP or role playing is to to do it that way, is to in- integrate the, the role to the role of the dice to role play or, or role play the situation and then, and i thought it was fun because i think you know that's what role playing is is all about right when you when you roll the dice you only roll the dice because you don't know there's a chance that the, it could go either way whether you're successful or not and it means something if you're successful or not so in this case if we were successful with these uh in, you know intriguing these ladies then you know the main character who normal not the main character but a non-player character who would normally get to interact with that woman would uh is what do you call it when somebody else is going after the same person yes (laughs) anyway i thought it was pretty neat and i think back about those those two podcasters about the line i think they weren't 100 percent correct i mean there's some people who can detect people who can lie and if normal people Jolie's pretty smart and stuff, you know. But even my son kind of has his built-in BS. Well, raised by my wife, I guess, has his built-in BS protector. Because like sometimes, you know, he'll come up to me and he will say, "That guy just lied to me," <laughs> or something like that. I'm like, I'm "Like really? How do you could tell?" He goes, "You just could totally tell." I'm like, "Wow." So it doesn't have that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's come up to me. Tell me anything you want. I'll believe you. I I just it, well, I mean, I'm just a trusting person. But it's funny because like 
I do, you know, believe some pretty good whoppers, you know. This is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Role playing and skills, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I don't think you could say that skills have killed RPing. I think if you allow it to do to be played that way as a GM, say, you know, you know, just say at the beginning of the game, you know what? I want a role playing session, so if you have to make a role, describe to me what you're doing. And then if your if your role is positive, negative or successful or unsuccessful, I want you to tell me how it it fails. You know, too many times I think a lot of a lot of players will will you know hand that off to the GM. The GM will describe how it fails. Now, some GMs may not want to give that kind of narrative control to the player, but I think it's helpful. I think it makes people players especially have have more fun by by being more involved in, in the description of the failure. Well, and I was reminding Saul that even in his game when we are doing a D and D fifth edition, when we're playing and killing things that sometimes people do describe what happens when they roll a one, my oh. sword goes flying. <laughs> I dropped the, the, I shot the ground with the arrow or right. my, you know, they, they do, they tell yeah. you what happens when yes. they have a, a really critical fail. Usually. Usually. Yes. Cause they've kind of already told you what they're going to do. I'm going to attack the guy from behind cause I have sneak and it gives me an extra 332 dice so well that usually doesn't happen where where they tell me that that you know how they're sneaking or something they're just and it, it could bog down the game if everybody's describing everything that they're doing in the combat but i'm thinking more of like non-combat skills as to you know how they're attempting to do things and and you know if they really thought about it you know and they give me a good description i might give them a bonus you know oh yeah you know you get a plus two to your role or whatever. Well, and a lot of people really like the simulation of the battle where you get to figure out what you're doing and move your guy on the little oh, yeah. battle mat and you get to tell what your skills are or you get when you when you once you attack, the boys like to tell you all of the bonuses that they have yes. as they're rolling their dice. <laughs> so it does make the combat a little longer, but that's part of the the fun of that particular part of the game, right? Yeah. For them, anyway. Some people might not like that. So Yeah. I think Jolene was talking about, I'm going to go back to the skill list at 150 skills. Now, that might be a, big much to, a bit much to put on a character sheet. I think it was combining games. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I think if, you know, a lot of games nowadays are, are making that skill list much smaller, right? Yes. If you look at, uh, what is it? Uh, we talked about that. Um, if you look at Alien. Alien, yes. Like, you have, what, four attributes. Attributes. And each attribute has three skills attached, attached to, it. to it, and that's it. So, so that's, on the on the actual 12? character sheet, it's in a circle, right? And it it kind of makes it a little bit easier to figure out what it is you want to use to do stuff, right? Right. Well, sometimes the GM will tell you that you have to do whatever the attribute is, or you you should use this attribute for that skill, and you go, well, I think that. I have a better chance if I do it this way. <laughs> and if you can convince the GM because you have a higher a higher number in that one, right? Right. Then it might be better for you. But uh, that takes that takes wheeling and dealing with the GM on your on skills, right? Then there's John Carter and Mars, right? Where they do away with skills, and you just use two two, of the, uh, two, two different two of the what seven or eight attributes? Yeah. But it, they also tell you what goes with those, right? Yeah, they give you the idea of, of what like. You know, if you're trying to, you know, be, you know, use subterfuge, you're going to use this and this. Or intrigue or different things. So that does, that does change it. And also it depends on who you're playing with too, because um, 
in the games that I've played with one of our friends, he likes to take the, he looks at the Hulk, the character overall, and then he puts those skills into the way that he plays the character. He doesn't necessarily, you know, he'll talk a certain way or if he, if he, um, he'll look at different things, right? And right. then that goes into the way that he plays the character. Well, I think uh, we killed the subject. <laughs> that was a very strange gesture you made. <laughs> Oh, well, it was like a hammer on the head, but that didn't quite, it didn't quite, it didn't quite come out the right way. So role-playing and skills, they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can have both. I think uh, I like skills. I think it's useful for a, for a player to be able to understand what your player character can and can't do. And, uh, and it, I don't think it has to kill role-playing. I think it's possible. I think uh, a lot of, some players might fall into that trap where I'm just going to roll and not tell you what I'm doing. And uh, just tell you, oh, I'm going to sense motive. Oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I think some mundane things you don't have to roll or describe it, like climb. I'm going to do my, my climb check. Oh, I made my climb check. But even a climb check, you go, oh, I'm going to use the, the rough walls of this of this building to climb it, especially if, it, if it's easy or something. So, yeah, so I think you can incorporate into role playing skills, skill checks, and it can have uh, you can have a really good time with that. There you go. There it is. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.